talk us through those 80 minutes. No, we prepared to win. We knew that we were here to make history. The whole week, that's what we told ourselves. And you know what? I'm so proud of the boys. Absolutely humbled. And the guys came out. They played with enormous testicles. And we absolutely did a fantastic effort. I'm such a happy captain. Hello, one and all, and welcome once again to our third episode of The Dropped Kickoff. Uh, it's just me this week, Nick Hartman is having a little bit of time off, uh, but rest assured we have got a good little podcast here for you this week. As Matt mentioned uh, earlier in one of our more recent episodes of the Green and Gold Rugby Show, um, Green and Gold Rugby at the moment this year is being sponsored by the Waratahs, so they're uh, coming in and they're providing some support for us and uh, also giving us the chance to have a chat to coaches, players, uh, all the like of which... So uh, for this week, after the uh, excitement of the the Wallaby series, we thought I thought we'd uh, we'd ease you guys back into talking about Super Rugby and State Rugby, and uh, talking about the new Gen Blue program that the Wallabies have got, the Wallabies, the Waratahs have got going, which is their brand new kind of under 16s to under 20s program. Um, so earlier this week, I um, got the chance to have a to sit down and have a chat to the New South Wales Waratah Elite Youth Development Manager, Pat McCutcheon. And we basically talked about the uh, the focus of the Gen Blue program and what the actual focus is on terms of uh, ensuring stro- strong player development and the retention of players within the New South Wales system, while also getting the chance to have a chat about the new Under-19 Rugby Championship, or, or the URC, which uh, is set to have its inaugural tournament at the Australian Institute of Sport uh, in Canberra in September later this year. So yeah, please enjoy. Welcome everyone, you're joining me on the podcast and here joining me today is the New South Wales Elite Youth Development Manager, Pat McCutcheon. Pat, how are you mate? Yeah, well thanks Nick. Thanks very much for coming on the podcast. Um, kind of your role, you look after like the Gen Blue uh, team and all the under, all the under 19, under 20s development in, at the TARS, isn't it mate? Uh, yeah, so uh, you know, like that's sort of got a fair bit of range in it as well. So uh, on a day-to-day basis, it's, it's a Gen Blue under-20 squad at the at the Waratahs. But uh, below that, we're looking at sort of under-19s, under-18s, and under-16 squads. So uh, you're starting off very narrow, but it gets very broad at the bottom. Yeah. So kind of like in regards to the Gen Blue role, what because you used to play for the Tars and. You you know played ARC NRC um, and also in like the development squads. What was it like transitioning from the player role to a coaching role? She's saying ARC make me feel real old. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago. Mm. Uh, look, I don't, you know, from being fortunate enough to be a professional athlete for a number of years, I don't think anyone has an easy and a smooth transition. Um, it is. It is something difficult, and there's some days I find it really, really quite challenging. Uh, I suppose the fortunate part of me, of what I've done, is I'm still involved with rugby. And the, the first year out last year, I was able to still train a little bit with the main squad, and I filled in for a couple of games in Japan, and I still had my finger in the pie a little bit. But this year now, a full transition out. Um, I suppose the advantages of it, uh, you, you sort of you know the characteristics and, and the behaviours and values that the Waratahs uphold, um, being a part of the framework for a long time and it's, it's that sort of thing that you want to make sure you're passing on to, to the next generation of players coming through so you know it is a slight advantage but at the same time uh, you can't 
can't beat experience as a coach. Yeah, absolutely. So you, yeah, you've been part of the setup for a while. So is that how, and how you ended up landing the gig as the uh, as the lead uh, development manager? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I suppose so. I started at the Waratahs in the academy back then in 2006. Mm. Uh, so I spent sort of four or five years in academies, professional academies, playing Australian sevens before I got my first opportunity to play for Waratahs in 2010. So it sort of took five years post school and. Um, that sort of gave me a pretty good bite of the apple, understanding the different pathways and, and systems to get into it. But I suppose at my end of the time at the Waratahs, uh, I was fortunate enough to be in the leadership group and I was, I was club captain. And, and then I was at the same time, I was also developing uh, my coaching mm. uh, credentials. So I, I went through and done my level one, two and three uh, coaching courses. And um, I suppose the relationship I had with some of the senior management squad uh, Tim Rapp especially, uh, and we started having some conversations around you know, post-retirement and things I wanted to do and uh, what I was doing with my coaching, and I think he saw a real opportunity with some of my ideas and philosophies that I'm trying to do with the team, but from a, a coaching perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, is that, and, is that kind of, and that's kind of transitioned into what you do with, with GenBlue. What's kind of, what is the purpose of, of GenBlue, particularly within the context of the development pathway within New South Wales? Yeah, look, I think it's, as you're saying, you know, it's, it's, it's really showing and highlighting that pathway to all groups. And what we want to do is, I suppose, have a high performance and a lead exposure at the different levels. Mm. Um, you know, rugby is a competitive sport. Um, you know, we want to make sure that we're, we're putting that sprinkle of on, on the top and, and showing there are genuine opportunities. And one thing that, I've, that I always say and I always will is we want to develop the player more than just a rugby player. We mm. want to obviously be fit strong, technically good, technically good, but we want to develop them as, as human beings. We want to help them up, you know, help them with simple things, how to deal with stress and anxiety, how to deal with losses, how to analyse games, um, set themselves up for, for post-career development as well because, as we know, you're only sort of 30, 35 if you've had a, a pretty good career before you're retiring, you've got the rest of your life in front of you. So, you know, if we can give these young men more tools and more education in, in a more holistic approach... I think the byproduct, or I know the byproduct of that, will be better rugby players. Yeah. So you also, it also comes, like like you say, down to the the mental side of things. So does it go? It's more than just physical training, physical fitness. It's, it comes down to like the mental side. How do you kind of prepare um, a lot of the younger players for kind of that mental side of things, and also for preparing them after the ga- um, for life after the game? Yeah. Look, it's one of the really tough things. Um, you know, the mental side of rugby, everybody has different challenges. Um, I think it's, it's, it's exposing the players uh, and getting them to identify it. And once you build, you know, things like self-awareness and awareness of others through, um, you know, a whole lot of exercises and programs, I think the player has a better understanding of how they feel and what works for them. Um, just in recent weeks, we've been, we ran a five-week uh, mindfulness uh, program with the, the Gen Blue boys you know, at the under-20s level. And, you know, that's everything from understanding why we keep going back and hooking into things and, and, and replay those, I suppose, negative thoughts or, um, you know, that's anxiety and stress and how we can sort of unhook ourselves and, and get back into who we are. And, you know, you've only got to look at some of the, the greatest athletes on the globe. You know, your Roger Federer's, your Kobe Bryant's, um, they're all doing some sort of meditation and, and control their breathing in their body. And, uh, you know, they're the best athletes in the world. So... You know, we've got to take a little bit of a leaf out of that book as well. 
Mm, yeah, absolutely. Kind of on like looking for the physic on the physical side of stuff. What's kind of the process um, of for you of finding new and up and coming talent? Like, how do you do it? Do you work with the subbies clubs? Do you work with like schools, uh, shoot shield clubs? What's the process? Uh, look, it's, it's, I suppose it depends on the levels and or the age groups and age brackets. But um, you know, there's obviously a physical part of or physical element of when you're looking to do that talent identification. Uh, for young players and next players coming through the ranks. To be honest, the first things we look at is, is sort of behavioural characteristics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we want to pick good blokes. We want to pick good people. Um, and and that, that essentially gives the whole element of coachability. If you've got people that can listen and responsive and, um, you know, they're selfless in their actions and things like this, you know, you're actually picking blokes with really good character. And, and I think that's, that's far more important than any skill development. Skill development's easy to coach. Mm-hmm. And then we start looking at position-specific skills. So um, I hear the Waratahs, if you look at the numbers, 1 through to 15, um, each position we have certain characteristics we'll look for in a player. Um, and we'll pass that information out to talent ID selectors from schoolboys to Sydney juniors to country rugby, but also through the Shoot Shield, Colts, um, all the development pathways. So... They understand the type of players we're looking for, and that's and the players also understand the type of players that we're looking for in, in their play. And I think that's how we go around our process of finding new and up and coming talent. Mm. Yeah, I like, it's good. Like, it's good that there's like a good bit of coordination there. Um, so is that kind of really your focus on improving the pathway? Um, also, you know, bringing in things like the junior wallabies and how you know many under under twenty players were selected in that side. I mean, this year they had a very up and down year, um, like with the world championships. But also a lot of positives came out of it. Is that does that play a large part in it as well within the whole development pathway? Yeah, look, I, I think that the development pathway, um, you know, what we try to do is make it clearer uh, right through to that under sixteen through that sort of nearly the under-21s age group. And, you know, the things like the Shoot Shield is the greatest development pathway that we have, and it's, it's a fantastic competition. It's healthy, it's strong, there's a lot of depth. Um, things like the new URC under-19 championships, which are coming, um, you know, provide a great feeder from the schoolboy rugby, so there's no dip in competition. Um, the NRC gets the concentrated players out of the Shoot Shield, and then hopefully you'll see players get selected out of that in the Super Rugby teams, and uh, I suppose to me it's not necessarily new pathways. It's more about just making the current pathways a little clearer and easier to understand. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, also, because because you mentioned the NRC and also the the new URC, um, particularly at the Waratahs level, how do you how much do you kind of coordinate your program with Daryl Gibson? Because I mean, like you said earlier, you mentioned that you really want to make sure that a lot of these really great players are retained within the New South Wales system and go on to play for the Waratahs. How much do you coordinate with, with Daryl and with the, the current Waratahs setup? Oh, loads. So me, Daryl, and, and the other coaches, uh, we all sit in the one little booth and, you know, we'll have daily discussions on the, the type of players we're looking for, what we need in the team, and it's, it's that sort of characteristics that, you know, I really make sure I try and push down um, through the Gen Blue programs, and a lot of it is behavioural, but as I was saying before, when you're looking at characteristics of players, um, you know, they're the players that we're going to try and push into Daryl. And in an ideal world, I want to have him the biggest selection headache at the end of the year, end of the season when he has to, you know, re-sign 30 players. Mm. Uh, who's, who, who he's going to pick. So, you know, 
like any smart play, we'll have, we've got succession plans with players, um, you know, sort of filtering through um, from an under 16s level to under 18s, under 20s, you know, right into the senior squad. Uh, we have ideas of where players are sitting and, and how we can help them come through and achieve that goal, I suppose. Yeah. So it's is so was Daryl, for example, involved a lot because you had a, a an under 18s development camp in in April as well, didn't you? And then you also had those tri- uh, city and country trials at Camden Rugby Club. So was Daryl also kind of involved in that as well? Uh, Daryl's Daryl's probably more involved with the characteristics of player. Um, the under 18s check uh, the under 18s camps we've been having is where we're picking up the uh, hopefully the best talent. Um, that are still at school or playing Sydney juniors that haven't graduated into our senior rugby and providing them with a day or two where we look at developing their skills. And, you know, we're going right back to the basics to try and put Waratah behaviours and values in that. So everything from our catch pass, our tackle check, breakdown and decision making. Mm. Um, the Camden trials we had uh, Sunday a week ago was, um, again, for this URC competition, um, getting the coaches to nominate um, their best crop of players from the clubs and putting them into that concentrated environment where, you know, you have to show a bit of self-leadership. You're not necessarily playing with the guy inside and outside that you do every week. Um, and it gives you a really clear uh, view of the players that have got that leadership quality but also that do the simple things well. And um, it was really, really lucky and, and great to have the, the country New South Wales under 19 cockatoos there as well because... There's a lot of talent out in the bush, and, and we want to harness that as best we can. Yeah, absolutely, I'd agree with that. Um, you, yeah, because you're like going on to this under 19s championship that we've been kind of uh, skirting around. Because there's a lot of exciting pathways kind of in Aussie rugby at the moment. Um, so that's kicking off in September this year in Canberra. Is that right? Yeah. So they're going to run down at AIS um, later this year in September, um, and that'll be that'll be more of a tournament style, like the. Uh, the schoolboys championships where you'll sort of play a game a couple of days off then play another game mm. and and from that what they'll do is they'll select a, an extended Australian 20 squad uh, for the Junior World Cup in 2019 uh, this will allow the Junior Wallaby squad to have a, a greater period of time together where they can have camps sort of running month on month um, where they can sort of I suppose narrow it down to their, their best 28 to 30 players and get that knowledge and systems uh, and, I suppose, physical and skill development right through uh, over a greater period of time. Mm, yeah. So New South Wales will be, for it, at that tournament, they're going to be hosting, they'll be hosting two sides that'll be aligned with the, they're aligned with the two NRC clubs or it's just like a city country club, isn't it? Or is it a... Yeah, so, mm. yeah, we'll have a, a city and a country team um, will be the two Gem Blue teams that compete at the, the URC. Uh Look, yeah, we're hopefully we can have some affiliation with the senior RC teams um, throughout that process and throughout their competition as well. If they they feel the need, they need some more players at training, or you know they get some injuries, or I would love to see um, them pull them from the, the under 19s. Mm, awesome. um, after that URC kind of championship, and hopefully it'll lead to more players being selected uh, on the kind of for the national and for the junior Wallabies. Um, what other goals is will you be kind of focusing on for Gen Blue for the rest of 2018? Is it just a focus, or is kind of looking forward one season, two seasons ahead, and making sure that there's as much New South Wales representation at the national level as possible, or is it come down to kind of more, like you said earlier, kind of smaller things like 
making sure those players transition well into the super rugby side of things or kind of or, or at a mental level prepare for life outside of rugby? Yeah, look, I think it's a combination. Um, you can't be narrow-focused and go, oh, it's just, right, oh, you guys are done. See you later. Let's bring in the new next crop of players. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, we, we want to, I want to make sure that the, the current crop of um, Gen Blue under-20s players do make that transition. And, you know, if we start looking at the rest of 2018, well, I'd start thinking it's 2018, 19, 20. I'd like to see these players playing first grade. I'd like to see these players, you know, filtered through the senior NRC, senior NRC squads. Um, you know, that's where I look at it and go, that's their goal and, and their pathway to play Super Rugby is that. Mm. Um, for the for the next generation coming through, uh, yeah, look, there's a lot of talent identification and scouting going on at the moment from Sydney Juniors to country to, to, uh, to the schools associations and we're trying to get out there everything from the under 15, 16 and obviously into the Opens uh, under 18 level. So, yeah, there, there's the foresight there of looking through the next generation of players are and, and how we best can assist them to accelerate their growth and development in rugby. Mm, absolutely. And kind of like, finally, it's like a, a last point. You, I mean, you mentioned earlier you've been at the Waratahs for a long time. You've seen um, how their program has changed over a long period of time. And you, as a player, grew up within... You know, not just the Waratah system, but the Australian system. So you know, played for the national schoolboy side, under 19 side, and then you know, ARC and then NRC. From your experience, your own like personal player experience with being in past programs, what do you hope that this new program will give to those future players? Uh, look, I, the biggest thing to me is, is more the holistic approach, which I was uh, referring to before. Mm. You know, you start talking about sort of the mental side of things, the leadership. Um, you know, life after rugby, uh, there's so much more emphasis on, on that at the moment. Um, and, you know, I look at the tools that these young guys are getting now from us. Jeez, uh, I wish I had them in my, in my playing career, and I probably learned them late. Mm. Uh, and so I look at it and go, you know, if you look at it and go, what does the, the new play, the new pathway provide? It provides so much more support. Mm. It's, it's such a, such a, greater holistic program and as I was saying before it's, it's what we've been trying to do is create a clearer pathway from that 16 through to under 21 so there's no dips and drops um, you know we've got the URC which is at the bottom feeding in and you know we occasionally see players accelerate from that under 20s program uh, into a senior super team like yeah, Harry Johnson Holmes or uh, Ryan McCauley Alex Newsom's in, in past times but then you know, how fantastic the the shoot shield is and the NRC. You've only got to look at folks like Will Miller, Nick Palmer, Jake Gordon, mm. uh, the recent signing of Rory O'Connor. And, uh, you know, they're all feeders straight out of the shoot shield and NRC competition. So, um, you know, I just hope that we can provide a, a clearer pathway onto where players need to go and, and what they need to achieve because, um, you know, rugby in New South Wales is in a, is in a really healthy position. Absolutely, and you say that's like probably the end, the health, like the end goal, just to make sure that to keep that holistic approach. Because you know, like you said, like in back in your day when you were kind of playing in the and in those development pathways, you know, they were still learning and still figuring out all these extra things that players need for support. Would you say like that's kind of the end term long goal of the of the um, of the whole Gen Blue program, just to make sure that it's that the next generation of players are in a better state than the previous generation? 
Absolutely. And if we can have touch points along the way and, and help develop these players at a younger age group, you know, by the time they get to a super rugby player, they're going to be ten times the player that hasn't had that experience. Mm-hmm. And we want to, yeah, as we said before, we want to make sure we can support their development, accelerate it, but also, yeah, guide them through it. Mm, absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, mate. And uh, yeah, really appreciate, it, mate. No, no, thanks very much, Nick. Cheers. Appreciate your time. Thank you, mate. So yes, that was Pat McCutcheon, the New South Wales Elite Youth Development Manager, having a chat to me about the uh, about the under 19s uh, and under 20s program, the Gen Blue program that the Tars have got going on, um, and the under 19 rugby championship URC that's going to be starting later this year. Um, so that pretty much brings us to the end of uh, this small little episode of the Dropped Kickoff. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it, uh, and I hope that you guys uh, all get down to your Super Rugby games this weekend. Reds are playing the Blues away, which will be the first match of, this, of uh, Round 17. Rebels will host the Tars in, uh, down in Victoria, and then, of course, the big one on Saturday uh, where the Brumbies host the Hurricanes in, uh, in Canberra. Um, so that'll pretty much do it for me here this week. Um, if you get the time, also have check, make, be sure to check out the Rugby Report card and the Green and Gold Rugby Show. Um, both Nick and uh, Nick H and I will be back at some point in the future uh, with another another one of these episodes. Uh, so until then, uh, have a good weekend, enjoy your rugby, and we'll catch you the next time round. Well, what did go wrong? I have to look, look and think about it. Think about it deeply, very deeply. Did it hinge in the end on a bit of genius from Shirley Bombo? A bit of genius, a bit of magic. Shirley Bombo, very interesting, very good, yeah. Very good. Three cheers for Shirley Bombo, very good, very good.